Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. And we are here tonight to discuss the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we'll be discussing lots of news points. We've been out for a week, so we're catching up on a lot of news. And we're also discussing Hank Pym's origins in the comic books. Uh, we're doing this week, we're discussing Hank Pym. Next uh, cast, which will actually only be in a few days, we're discussing Scott Lang's comic book origins. Just kind of to give a primer on the characters, a little bit themselves. of a character spotlight. Yeah, in okay. preparation for Ant Man later this week. Yeah, so um, who's excited? I Hands am. up! Hands up! I want to see him. Everybody, you too. That's there. You go over there. With yeah, the, with the red shirt on. Don't look at me like that, Freckles. You know you're excited, <laughs> Freckles. Really? I was just calling out random, you're just assuming making made up people. <laughs> hey, Eye Patch, put your hand up. <laughs> Eye Patch. <laughs> Uh, Nick Fury over here. Come on. <laughs> Just random features that people could have. Yeah. Hey, peg leg, let's go. <laughs> Put your bionic hand up. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's just dig right into the news, man. Uh, we, we've got tons of news to get through and then uh, some Hank Pym discussion. So uh, let's dig into it. You know what's even better is that we're doing this as San Diego Comic-Con has gone on yeah, over this that's past right. weekend. Yeah, so that's like, one of the reasons we a delayed. A lot of news is one coming of the reasons we, we normally cast on Tuesday nights, uh, but we delayed for two reasons. And uh, one being the comic book was much bigger than we expected it to be. And much more boring. <laughs> a little more boring. And so it took us a while to get through it. And the um, second was that San Diego Comic-Con happened this week, so we figured the later we could cast, the better. The more news morsels we might glean, <laughs> although they were, were officially not there. The TV division was, though, right? Yeah, well, the TV division was, but the Marvel Studios like movie section was not right. there. Um, but TV morsels? Still a lot going on. TV morsels, you want one? How about this one? Marvel has confirmed Secret Warriors for Season 3, of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. That Ooh. happened before Comic-Con, but still, it's a TV more. So. Sure, sure. Yeah, well, we knew, we kind of knew that was happening, but it's awesome to have it uh, confirmed. Well, they confirmed it via a picture. They posted a picture on, I think it was on their Instagram account, and they were like, all right, take a screenshot, mess with the filters, and tell us what you think. And basically, when you mess with the filters in a specific way, yeah, it shows... The S.H.I.E.L.D. logo with the words Secret Warriors on it. Nice. And that just gave me chills such an talking aloof, about it. Such an aloof way to, uh, to, to, confirm, to confirm something. So uh, give us a quick uh, synopsis of what is Secret Warriors in the comic books. Secret Warriors is a team of super-powered people led by Daisy Johnson, who is Quake. Um, yeah, or Sky, as Sky, we know her. Sky, as we know her. Um, led by them basically running around as Nick Fury's kind of underground group of superheroes. They're, they're like a Secret Avengers, but I, I know there actually is something called Secret Avengers as well, right? That was Yeah, that was after uh, Civil War. Captain America's team of Avengers was called Secret Avengers. Okay. Um, but they are basically just an underground group that's doing super things and occasionally shows up to help out. And um, there's... Nick Fury calls them his caterpillars, and there's like yeah, which is how we different which is how we teams. knew it happened. Yeah, we knew it was happening because at the end of the the end of the season two, spoiler alert for season two of uh, Agents of Shield, <laughs> he hands uh, Sky a folder that says caterpillars on it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they're definitely going to tackle that, and that's really exciting. Uh, James Darcy and Enver Gilkaj have signed on for Agent Carter Season 2. 
Enver Enver was um, lost his name. Pegleg. Oh gosh, Pegleg. I know you're going with the pirate theme. Crutch I know you're guy. already talking about a crutchy, crutchy, crutchy McCrutcherson. Any Newsies fans out there? Um, no. Um, Susa was his Andrew name. Susa, yeah. Daniel yeah, yeah. Susa. God. Daniel Susa. I don't know why it took so long. It's been a while. It's been. It feels. Well, that show's only 10 episodes for the first season, is that right? Yep, and it happened in December. So it was just like, I mean, that's 40 weeks without it. I mean, not since, but yeah, a year without it, so it's kind of, it feels like a long time. So we're getting Edwin Jarvis and Daniel Sousa back. I don't know why Sousa is going to be coming back if the show is going to be in Los Angeles, because he was a New York-based guy. I'm guessing he moved with her to... Whatever field agency she's working for now, I I wonder since it's moving, I wonder if that means we're going to get her in Shield now. Probably, uh, that is one thing uh, that came out of SDCC. Haley Atwell has said that uh, Dominic Cooper is going to be coming back as Howard Stark in season two. So that Malibu house. Right. That, that Tony had. They're okay. probably setting up that West Coast living that the Starks were doing. You know? Okay. Gotcha. That's going to happen. It's going to be a thing. So they're in Los Angeles this season. Yeah. I didn't, season. I didn't know that. You okay. didn't know that? I didn't. I there's, a, there's a promo picture that um, that has come out where they're looking all dapper and deadly and whatnot. Yeah. There's a, on the hill in the background is the Hollywood land um, billboard. The Hollywood sign. No, it says Hollywood Land. It was before they took down the land. Or oh, okay. Land That's cool. fell off or I love. I love... <laughs> is that what happened? Yeah, it's canon. I did not know that. Um, it's canon. <laughs> like, to... To real life. The world. <laughs> <laughs> like, instead of saying that happened in history, just be like, no, that's canon. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's actual canon. Oh, uh, that's funny. So, cool. I like it. Um, we're, I, I wonder if that means we're going to jump forward in time a little bit too. Cause I didn't get the sense that they were, I mean, they didn't, they definitely didn't say at the end of that, uh, season, Hey, we're going to go to Los Angeles now. <laughs> so they'll either have yeah, to be a transition. Yeah, there wasn't anything that was just like, you know what? Los Angeles is a lot better than this place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That would have been a really awkward way to end the season. But right? was, uh, so, but that makes me feel like either. We're going to have a transitional episode up near the beginning, or we're going to get a, a time jump. And I personally would prefer a time jump. I want to see... They have so much to work with between Agent Carter in the 40s and current day, and I want to see them span all of that time. I really would love to see Haley Atwell play her through all of those uh, decades. Yeah, she's at least going to have that character as a flashback in Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, can't wait. Guys, biggest news of the week. Ant-Man comes out on Friday. So, yep. Thursday night, we're going to see Ant-Man. We hope you will, too. We're, we will be casting about it. Uh, we'll give, be giving our instant take and also our um, detailed take on next week's cast. So, uh, lots of casting coming this week. I guess four casts coming this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, God, <laughs> that's uh, it's a lot of casting. It's a lot of casting. Well, we got during a makeup time or whatever. Yeah, we missed a couple this summer. <laughs> so the Hollywoodland sign that's in the background, I like just went and did the research. <laughs> Hollywoodland was erected in uh, 1923, 
1949, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce removed the last four letters. And... Okay. So that means... Basically, for these two seasons, we've got a four-year span for them to work in. Okay, so based on that timeline of the sign being up, we only have a three- or four-year period, so it can't be a big leap in time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still in the 40s, basically. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. I would like to see different time periods in the Marvel Universe for sure, but I'm fine with it. I want to see Peggy Carter in Bell Bottoms. Yeah. <laughs> Nah, you know she'd be too like she, by then she'll be in her like uh, whatever fifties and she'll just be too. I, I think know. you're being really nice. What? She'll be older and more. She's too proper for bell bottoms, I'd say. What is she now? In her thirties? I would say on the show she's in her late thirties, which would make her in her fifties twenty years later. Yeah, but you think about like when the timeline of Cap Two happened when he went to see her. Yeah. She'll be really old. That's like 50 years later. From the 60s to the 50s? No, I'm saying, like, if she were in her 30s now, in the 40s, even if it was, like, if she was 30. Yeah. Which, right when the war ended. So it's been... She's, like, 100, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in Cap <laughs> 2, she is, like, 100. That's the, She has to be. Because she is not under, under 30... In, in in the cat movies, that's not possible, or in Captain America, maybe like maybe thirty in Captain America. So it's like what is sixty, seventy years. Yeah. So yeah, she's a hundred. Yeah. In Captain America too. Okay. I could see that maybe. Yeah, she looked real old. I mean, she did look. Quite and old. people live to a hundred. I've got a great grandmother still alive. She's like ninety-seven. That's not a hundred. She's close, and she's still dancing. That's what's doing it. She was doing the uh, <laughs> uh, the Cupid Shuffle on a family occasion <laughs> recently. My aunts all taught her the Cupid Shuffle, and we have this nigh-on-100-year-old woman doing the Cupid Shuffle. Like, That's pretty awesome. Kick and kick and kick and kick and walk it by yourself. Well, it, was pretty, <laughs> it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Reminds me of the video of the old guy like throwing his his. Oh, I love that video. Away. I love that yeah, video. It's like it's my very often on Facebook. It's like it, it, you know the old James Brown thing where they'd put the like he'd like act tired and they'd put a thing on him and he'd like they'd act like they were escorting him off the stage and then he'd like throw out his uh, arms and the cape would fall off and he'd get back to singing. Yeah. I feel like that old guy with the canes in that Facebook video that always goes around is pulling that, but like with his whole life. <laughs> it's, it's the long gone. If he if he can throw down his crutches and dance that well, <laughs> that man is he not doesn't dance that well. Though he just kind of like flails his hands. He and gets steps. He gets down, man. He, he gets, gets down. He gets down on it. All right, all right. What else we got? <laughs> We've got a lot of uh, a lot of random one-off news, like. Um, Contest of Champions is getting its in-canon, like, comic book series later this year. <laughs> Thank you for bringing that to news. Uh, I've talked about the last couple of weeks how much I'm enjoying this game, Contest of Champions. Marvel Contest of Champions on my phone. Uh, thank you to everyone who's friended me on there. Uh, that was really funny. It's just like, <laughs> it's, now, it's now a lot. Like, I've got a lot of friends on there from... You should say your name. What's your name on there? I've said my name. It's Socratia. Oh, did you say it on the cast last week? Yeah. All right. So it's like Socrates, but without the ES, it's IA. 
There we go. So uh, yeah, I it's... got Mark Amargo, and then like maybe two other people. Oh yeah, Agent Mark. Agent yeah. Mark, right? Yeah. That's a um, boot it. Super fun, super fun. I even got in an alliance this week because of someone from the cast. So <laughs> really great. <laughs> Using really those great. connections for the good of all, right? Yeah. So thank you. <laughs> um, for, thank you for cola. Yeah, for cola. That's right. Okay. All right. All right. Enough. But yeah, that is. Since we talked about the game last week, that is news. They're making a comic book after a phone game. Yes, they are. Which is hilarious. It's coming after Secret Wars. It's going to happen in September, October, that range. That's so funny. It's kind of silly. Oh, it's real silly. <laughs> More than kind of, sir. So uh, the Daredevil co showrunner, um, I think his name is Marco Ramirez, I think. All right. Uh, he has. He is called Daredevil Season 2, I guess kind of jokingly referred to it as that, but that's the way that he talks about it is it's Daredevil versus Punisher, is what he calls Season 2. Oh, no. So that kind of reveals a bit about, like, what role the Punisher is going to play. That's awesome. Yeah. It's exciting. That's real, real exciting. You know what else is exciting about Daredevil Season 2? What's that? Casting announcements. We already had John Bernthal. John Bernthal. That's the Punisher. awesome. That's awesome. We've talked about that extensively. Electra has been cast for yeah. season two. Who's that? Uh, that is Elodie Young, or Young, has been cast as Electra. Yeah, and she was in, is it G.I. Joe? She, she was, was in G.I. Joe, the uh, second one, actually. Which, uh... Retaliation. She was yeah. Jinx. Yeah, which I I heard another cast discussing that this week, and she wears apparently a red ninja costume, uh, <laughs> and looks a lot like a hand soldier, which is just funny because you know, yeah, Electra, yeah, yeah, that's super funny. Yeah. They, they, yeah, it's it's like whoever was casting this was just like, oh, well, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that 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 worries me a little bit because GI Joe is not known for being the best movie on the acting front. And I feel like whoever we get as Electra, um, we need a good actress, not just someone who can we you know wield a sword well. Sigh, sigh. Yeah, she's got two sigh. It's her main weapon. Cool. Oh, and they released a uh, a promo uh, picture for it. It's um, the newspaper that's the Devil of Hell's Kitchen. Yeah, stabbed into a brick wall. And, like, held onto the brick wall by a sigh stabbed nice. through Nice. It's nice. So, Jeff Loeb, <clears throat> the head of Marvel Television, mm-hmm. uh, he said it in Marvel's announcement, he said, After a worldwide search, we found in Elodie the perfect actress, actress, I can say words, I promise, the perfect actress to embody both Elektra's impressive and deadly physicality, as well as her psychological complexity. Paired with Charlie as Matt Murdock, the two will bring one of the most beloved and tumultuous comic book relationships to life with all the accompanying sparks and spectacular action sequences the show is known for. Nice. I hope so. I hope so. I, uh... It sounds like she's she's got the, um... The action chops. Because those... As much as they're not very good, the G.I. Joe movies have great action. <laughs> yeah, they do. Uh, but... I'm I'm just hopeful that she has the acting chops. The, you know, uh, Bernthal, Cox, D'Onofrio, like, those guys killed it in season one. And I just want to keep that level of, like, acting. You know, you know? like, every time, every time we get casting 
news at all and we think like i don't know how has this person been in anything that's been good before like the unknowns or like we need sure. somebody to do this really good are they going to be able to do it like every time that comes up they always nail it with with marvel stuff yeah so far so, far. so like I don't. I don't have any hopes about it. I just know. Either, that I trust Marvel. At with this Marvel, point. <laughs> they either nail it, or Marvel, or they're not focused on enough to, to matter. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like there's certain you characters. Either nail it, or we're not gonna even include you in footage. Well, I mean, like uh, you think we'll about, talk about you. <laughs> Thor two, uh, Chris Eccleston was the big bad. Yeah, and. He just doesn't do anything in that movie. You could have had, like, he could have been animatronic, and it would have been fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's just a, a a dark elf masked figure, you know? Yeah. He was, he was really more of an imposing idea exactly. than he was a character. And I just, they wasted that actor. Yeah. You know? You know who another wasted actor was? Who's that? Jimon Honsu. Well, who he did he play? He was Korath the Pursuer. In Guardians, oh yeah, 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 he he is good. I've seen him. He other is things. really good. He did the voice of Black Panther in an animated series of Black Panther. Oh, nice! And he's got the physicality to be Black Panther. I was yeah, just they like, could have... make him Black Panther. Yeah, he's like, already why are done you it. Not Black Panther. <laughs> so they're like, he's gonna be in Guardians. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> that was my initial response to it. I like I liked him in Guardians though. Uh, I liked don't... his role. Anybody could have been Korath. I don't know. He delivers a few of the lines really well. Who? <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that whole thing is great. And then at the end, I think it's him at the very end when they run into the, the and he says, Star-Lord. And he says, yeah. yes, finally. finally. <laughs> and then he kicks the shit out of him. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, they really the uh, we've talked about guardians at length and I don't mean to tread over the old things Ad but that, the the villains and the good guys in Guardians of the Galaxy are like they're in two different movies that's fair they really exist on like two completely different planes <laughs> like the villains are so serious and like you know just like they all have such a almost cartoonish villainy to them yeah and then the Guardians are also personable and funny. And it's just like, the, I love those two things thrown against each other like, the, like they are. They're good foils of each other. Yeah. Speaking of season two, I already talked about season two, but I'm going to continue talking about season two of Daredevil. Speaking of, they're already filming. And the first set pictures are coming out. That is crazy. Isn't it? I, I mean, I guess it's just... Any other TV show, it'd be fine. It'd like be normal, uh, you know, business as usual. But we had no definite date for Daredevil to season two. Yeah, and now we know it's in production. It's coming yeah. very soon. Like they haven't even started Luke Cage Mm-mm. or Iron Fist. So it looks like we're probably we're going get... to get three, maybe four Netflix series. That's if Jessica Jones is, isn't such a hit, they do a second season of that. So we true we could have. We could have as many as five Netflix series running concurrently in one year. God. Not to mention Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. coming out later this year. Agent mm-hmm. Carter coming out later this oh, year. Oh, yeah. Just talking about Netflix. Good God. Mm-hmm. That's so Good God, much. y'all. Right? 
Oh my god! So we'll post the uh, the Matt and Foggy pictures. It's basically just Matt Murdock and Foggy Nelson on the street in front of a Rite Aid, like, <laughs> like at a street corner. It's not like intense pictures, but like they're already started filming and there's already pictures coming out. Like it's this big stuff. Yeah, it's a big deal. Means I think it looks like to me they're shooting for another April release. Yeah, I'm not sure, but it looks like they're shooting for another April release and keeping it consistent. Like another, any TV show would, like just yeah. a yearly TV show. There's also um, set videos of Jessica Jones on set that are uh, that are out. Um, there was a which that better be in production. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> there was a done. there was a simulated explosion that happened on one of them. It looked like it was um, like a building blowing up and Jessica Jones being thrown back. Cool. And um, it looked like Mike Coulter was standing right beside her, just kind of like took the brunt. I was like, ah, he's got super strength. That's why that's happening. That's awesome. Um, there are set pictures where she's all bloody. Like her jeans are bloody. Her shirt's kind of bloody. She's got a jacket over it, kind of covering up some of it. Um, we'll post all of these in the slideshow on our Blog Talk Radio uh, yeah, site for the for this episode. Which that sounds just just those two things: her being thrown back, um, being a female character, being thrown by an explosion, and being bloodied, and her clothes ripped up, and things like that. That sounds like already like it. It's going to be a darker tone, similar to the Daredevil, you know. Oh yeah, which is cool. I like it. Speaking of tone, yeah, of things. You know what Kevin Feige has said about the Spider-Man flick that they're that they're doing? I have, but read that quote. It's great. Kevin Feige has said that the Spider-Man film is going to be similar to a John Hughes movie. Uh, he said it's the soap opera in high school and those supporting characters that are interesting. Just we just as we hadn't seen a heist movie in a long time or a shrinking movie in a long time, Ant-Man, on both counts. We haven't seen a John Hughes movie in a long time. Not that we can make a John Hughes movie, only John Hughes could. But we're inspired by him, and merging that with the superhero genre in a way we haven't done before excites us. That sounds great. I love I love the idea of them just going into a completely different genre with Spider-Man than he's been <laughs> before. I feel like Spider-Man isn't supposed to be... He's not supposed to be Batman or Superman. Yeah. He's not supposed to be generic superhero that stops trains and stuff. Um, to me, he's the he's the smaller, a little more street level, younger, dealing with more personal life things. Oh, yeah. Well, um, the stakes of the film are going to be a big thing of it, or a big part of it, you know? Because, mm-hmm. like, for instance, Avengers 1, Marvel's mm-hmm. Avengers 2012, New York is in jeopardy. Aliens are coming through a portal. We have yep. to save the city and subsequently the world. <laughs> Avengers Age of Ultron this year. Robot happens that Robot wants to kill happens. things, everybody. And he wants to do like an extinction level uh, event by taking a country. We, we should make a shirt. Robot that just happens. Said Robot happens and just like a little picture of Ultron. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how many people would buy that. I don't know. I like it. I like it, too. Let's put it on one of those screen printing websites and see what happens. (laughs) Robot happens, man. What are you going to (laughs) do? So, so Age of Ultron, extinction level event, like, a country gets picked up and set down very gently. 
<laughs> except not <laughs> in pieces. Yeah. So a whole bunch of like big things are happening in that in that sort of thing and then like Thanos is coming in a few years like that's a big deal. Yeah. That's a world Well, the stakes in general thing. have been bigger, 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 bigger. Yeah. And I feel like with Ant-Man, um we haven't had smaller <laughs> uh, we have not had a smaller story since the original Avengers. We had the four Avengers introduced. Yeah. And then we had... Um, w- w- we've had the Avengers movies, and everything's gotten bigger and bigger. And with Guardians, um, we had a an even bigger story. Yeah. In that... Galactic conquest, galactic kind of conquest story. kind of story. Like that's that's uh, it was just a totally different kind of story, and it was the whole point was to introduce the cosmos, you know. Yeah. So that that that's fine. But we, I think, with this new lineup of heroes, where you've got Black Panther, Ant Man, Spider Man, Inhumans, all these things, I think they're going to have to introduce smaller stakes so that we can see that happen again where we have the ships rise and everything gets bigger and bigger to reach another crest like with the infinity war yeah um but i think it's got to start with these characters getting to know them dealing with their own personal problems yeah and that's kind of what the comics have always done is like this huge thing that no one hero could do by himself has to happen in the avengers and they take care of that, but then they all go back to their own separate stories yeah. of, like, this guy that nobody's heard of, like, the porcupine. Like, who cares about the porcupine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we'll talk about the porcupine. We'll talk about the porcupine. Um, we, I mean, you think about the Iron Man uh, movie, the first Iron Man movie. Um, the, the the stakes are, he's a guy in a cave, and he wants to get out. Like, that's the that's the beginning. And then he gets out. And then, and then it's him fighting Obadiah Stane, but it's more about for his corporation, his for his corporation exactly yeah, for, for his, his corporation, for his legacy, for like what his life is going to mean, all of that. But it's about him and his life. Yeah. And two and th- two is and two two's not that huge of a story either. It's about one guy wanting to take him out. These individual movies are supposed to be smaller scale, and I yeah. feel like these last few with Dark World, Cap Two. Uh, and Civil War, obviously, this, these are getting huge. Yeah, you know, even the even the individual it's stories getting a little out of hand. are getting crazy big. So, I think it's important that we see some smaller stake stories. Well, uh, Feige mentioned that in that same interview. <clears throat> he said, "What we wanted was a movie where the stakes could be as high as this person is going to do this bad thing and a lot of people could die, or you don't get home in time and your aunt is going to figure this out and your whole life is going to change." <laughs> Particularly at that age in high school. Everything feels like life or death. The tests feel like life or death. Coming home from being out with your friends seems like life or death. And basically, it's just going to be a guy in high school. It's going to be a high school movie. But with superhero. I'd like to see Spider-Man have friends. <laughs> I mean, okay. we've seen him have Harry Osborn as like his only friend in any of these movies that they've made. And... I mean, I read a lot of the comic books growing up. There's always, like, you know, uh, Mary Jane and, like... Gwen Stacy Gwen before Stacey. she died. But well, I've Spider-Man's never really seen had him... older friends, like the scientist guys that sure. he works with. Well, see, that's the thing. It's like, that's the trope. I feel like Spider-Man up until now, in comics and in... Uh, is kind of a trope. He's the geek. 
Yeah. He's, he's the geeky, the geeky high, school high school kid who, when he puts on a costume, he's now this really funny, uh, exciting badass. Um, but these days, everyone considers themselves a ner- self a nerd, and we all have friends. You know, like, <laughs> all, even if they're just real nerdy friends that we get together to play board games with, or uh, we get together to, um, you know, whatever. Like, the, the, we still have some sort of friends, you know. Yeah, yeah. The trope of like the high school kid that no one likes, everyone thinks is a geek, isn't that really one guy. Isn't a real life thing. So the, the the idea of him this being a John Hughes movie where he's worried about his friends and the and other other relationships other than just with supervillains, like yeah. that kind of excites me to see Spider see Peter Parker be a real character, a little more. I think that'll be a little more realistic. But I don't know if they're going to go there, but I think that'd be neat. It's an interesting idea. It's an interesting take on the character. A different. We'll submit that to Marvel and see what yeah. happens. Marvel, we know you're listening. Come on. Uh, Feige at the at the end of that interview was asked if we'd ever see Spider Man on a Netflix show, mm. since he's more street level. Yeah. He says, my general answer to that is never say never, but our current Sony deal is very specific. We're producing the standalone film with a certain amount of back and forth allowed. So there's no immediate chance. He said we're producing the standalone film? Yeah. We're producing the standalone film with a certain amount of back and forth allowed. Okay. So. I think if it's, I think if it's successful, they'll open up them up to doing all kinds of things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, if it works out... Better than, like, The Amazing Spider-Man and the last one that Tobey Maguire did. Yeah. Because the first two were a little bit successful. Oh, very. And the third one was hated. Yeah, and so, even that, even then, that one was very financially successful. Yeah, yeah. So, like... If it can if top it does those, better than those... Yeah, I think then, that Sony's going to be like, whatever, do whatever you want, we just get get the money. Like, <laughs> Do the thing, give us the money, cool. It just seems like Marvel... Care, obviously, this is why we do this podcast, is Marvel cares about its movies and its universe and its continuity. Um, and the fans. Yeah, and Sony and Fox don't really seem to... Uh, care at all they really just care about the bottom line and that's and that's that's fine just that's not the kind of movies that not the kind of environment that breeds really great content you know what's gonna help though with uh, with the spider-man film what's that making it a lot better than the other ones what's that not repeating any of their mistakes not repeating any of their villains yes oh yeah that's the if i could mention that spy uh, spidey's villain will not be one that we've seen on screen before that's cool he hasn't mentioned who, but... Who do you think? Oh, man. Throw out a couple guesses. Could be anybody. We could be. We could get Craven the Hunter. We could get mm-hmm. Scorpion, if we want to keep it small scale, you know? We've seen Rhino. We have. Even in, even though it was like yeah, 15 very, very seconds short, but we saw of Rhino. Um, it's an interesting take on Rhino, kind of. Kind of dumb, but... <laughs> it was the along scene the lines of... Um, Ultimate Universe. Because hmm. he was in a suit, in okay. a mechanical suit like that. I didn't Ultimate know Universe. that. Um, we could get... We've seen Sandman. Yeah. We've seen... I mean, there was a character that was playing the guy that was going to be the Vulture. Huh. But he didn't actually be the Vulture. <laughs> he didn't... And there was, like, there was the tech and everything for him to be the Vulture, but yeah. he wasn't. So we might 
count that or not? I'm not certain. Yeah, I don't know. I, I doubt they'd count that. Okay. I think I think we can count that as a. It's probable <laughs> that yeah, he's a, he's a possibility. I think. <gasps> you know who I would love to see that who would, would not see? happen, but would be <laughs> really fantastic to see. Yeah. Carnage. Hmm. I would love to see Carnage. I feel like the whole symbiote thing, though. Yeah. You kind of. I feel like that's later. Yeah, you know, later in. Well, there's supposed to be a Venom Carnage movie. Is there? That was in production. I think it was in production before the whole. Yeah, before Marvel thing. So, I don't think that's probably still on the table. I still want to see that. I want to see Marvel do that though. Oh, I would love to see Marvel do that, but I think Marvel needs to do that in like five years. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Okay. I mean, I'm serious. Like, I think that Spider-Man. They're going to be producing a Spider-Man movie like every year, probably. Probably. Uh, Sony's going to want to maximize on this thing. And they're going to be producing Marvel, uh, Spider-Man movie after Spider-Man movie after Spider-Man movie. And uh, I would really like to see them get to a place where they can get to tell some of those stories, but it, they feel earned and not just like, uh, uh, people think Venom's cool, let's make a Venom movie. <laughs> um, do that! Do the thing! Do the thing that'll make the money. Um, you know, I, th- I, th- I think they're going to be patient with it. I really do. Yeah. I think they've got it in them to do it really good. Yeah. Regardless of... Absolutely. Whether or not they're patient, but still, still, uh, more Spider-Man stuff. So much Spider-Man stuff. Oh my God, I know, right? So, it's awesome. um, did you hear that Aunt May has been cast? <laughs> you just told me about it earlier tonight. Uh, you, I know. Act I'm surprised. Breaking the fourth wall, uh, <laughs> or the, the whatever <laughs> podcast fourth have. dimension wall. Who cares about time? Yeah, this this casting is weird to me. Yeah, I mean, when I heard, when I read, sorry, when I got. An email say, saying, like, breaking news, Aunt May has been cast. I was like, oh, Aunt May? Who could it be? Could it be this person? Or could it be, is it, did they yeah. cast at Marissa Tomei? Marissa Tomei. I feel like she's too hot to be Aunt May. <laughs> she might be too young. Yeah, she's too hot. <laughs> I don't, I don't feel comfortable Just, being attracted to Aunt May. I don't either. I don't either. I mean, we have to accept that Marissa Tomei is going to get old. Sure. And might be less attractive. Yeah. I, I don't, mean, she's, I not, don't she's not like super young or anything, but like she does seem... It, it's a combination of two things. They've cast a really young Spider-Man. Yeah. And He's I'm 19. getting older. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's, that's the problem here. It's like the intersection of like, I'm old enough to be attracted to, to a young Aunt May. <laughs> like... She, it's the it's the it's the high school Spider Man. She's gonna be kind of younger, but it's still like I'm old enough to be attracted to Aunt May, and that makes me fear death. <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes me question my own mortality. Yeah, so that's weird. Don't cast Marissa Tome- Tomei. Like <laughs> she might be great for she's gonna be great. She's always great. She's, yeah, she's I been really great in like, everything I've ever seen her. Yeah, in. I really like Marissa Tomei, but <laughs> However. don't do that. To my sense of self, Marvel. <laughs> Stop it. I don't like feeling this way. <laughs> this is not what I wanted out of my Sunday. <laughs> oh, man. Thought I was going to wake up today. Like, go do some podcasting and just be okay. And no. Mm. Uh. (laughs) 
So sad. I got existential problems in my head now. <laughs> I didn't want this. <laughs> I just <laughs> typed in Marissa Tomei on Google, and the top line is... <laughs> the top line on Google is, Spider-Man fans call Marissa Tomei too young and hot to play Aunt May. <laughs> <laughs> I like that we're already talking about that. Yeah, yeah we were on it. <laughs> fan, uh, fan backlash on this very podcast is already on Google. How did they hear this podcast already? I haven't even edited it. <laughs> Obviously, we hit the scene first. Get on that time machine, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. What else we got? What else we got? Marissa Tomei, awesome. I'm I'm down. I'm down with that. Uh, Joe Casada has seen the new Spider-Man costume, like the art and everything for it. Yeah. And he says it's fan freaking tastic. Awesome. That's about all he gave. <laughs> he was just like, "Yeah, I've seen it. It's great." Next <laughs> question. Yeah, I feel like you can't really do the Spider-Man costume wrong at this point. I really thought the costume never really had a problem in any of the iterations they've had. So yeah, I mean, surely Marvel won't mess that up. It's it's red and blue with some webbing mm-hmm. and a spider symbol. Yeah, do that. Just do that. Just do the thing. <laughs> then there's Spider Man 2099, which we'll not even get into that. No, no, we won't. It's so neat though. <laughs> um, there's new promos and and posters and whatnot. Um, we'll post all that on the Facebook. Yeah, all of that'll be in the. Uh, the slideshow and all that, like Yellow Jacket being the main yeah. thing for. Ant-Man. If you're watching this on Blog Talk Radio, you can see it all on our on, our, on the You've feed. You've probably already seen it while we've been blathering about nonsense. Yeah. Uh, something else that came out of San Diego Comic Con: Wesley Snipes has said that he's met with Marvel about more Blade. That's crazy. Now, does that mean that Blade? Do they mean in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? Because they do have the rights back. And I can't imagine them making Blade and not putting it in the MCU. But I also can't imagine them making the other other three Blade movies canon. So would it just be casting the same actor and just throwing out the canon? Or are they happy with the canon? Because honestly, most people are pretty happy with the Blade movies. Like, I don't have a big problem, but I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm... my heart is vexed by this whole thing. <laughs> Not dealing with it well. I'm still, I'm still trying to deal with Marissa Tomei, and now you're bringing Wesley Snipes at me. Like, <laughs> stop it! <laughs> In an interview with Deadline on his upcoming NBC series The Player, Snipes commented that he's met with Marvel about potentially returning to the role, though nothing is currently in motion. Gotcha. The project is okay. Quote. Sorry. The project is controlled by Marvel, and we did have a really productive and wonderful meeting, and we discussed a number of things. I don't know where it is on their schedule at this point. That hasn't been decided. I guess it's still up in the air, end quote. Okay. He does mention... like he's. <clears throat> he also said it's possible that even if he doesn't play Blade again, he's open to another Marvel role. I've always been a fan of these pieces and adaptations, and I'd be, and it'd be nice to be a part of that family again. But if we don't, if we don't do a Blade Four or something else with Marvel, we'll do something else. 
<laughs> the fact that he says Blade Four, though, yeah, that sounds like it would be at least in the same canon as the other Blade movies. Now, that's not that doesn't necessarily mean it'll be in the same canon as the MCU, though. They could make a Blade movie and keep it outside, but they're already going mystical. I feel like this whole vampire thing would be fine at this point in the MCU. Yeah, it could, it uh, could very well. What if he showed up in like Civil War and was just like. Oh man! <laughs> it's oh, too man. much. It's too much. Can't it's handle too, it. Too much. <laughs> Speaking of mystical, yeah, I've been doing some really good segues this. this you time. have, you have, you've, you've done. I like that. I just train wrecked it there, though. Nice, nice segues <laughs> all the way through. Rachel McAdams <clears throat> has been eyed by Marvel for a role in Doctor Strange, Ooh. lead female role. Ooh. Is that his wife? No. Okay. He doesn't have a wife. What are you I thought, thinking? I thought his wife dies or something. No, he he just is in a car wreck. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I haven't seen any Doctor Strange stuff. I'm new to Doctor Strange. It's okay. It's okay. And we haven't done our character spotlight yet. <laughs> <laughs> We're working on that. That'll be... That'll probably come after Civil War. Yeah. Um... Likely the lead role that they're talking about, the lead female role, is the part of Clea, who is kind of a like a sometimes friend of him, another mystical person, another <laughs> another great wizard. Okay. So yeah, she's kind of a friend, kinda does her own thing. Okay. Follows the ancient one, kinda gives him some wisdom every now and again. Yeah, just one of those Okay. One of those random people. But that hasn't been officially announced to the, who the female lead is. Yet. Right, right. Okay. Yeah, just that um, she's being eyed for it. Cool. Whatever it. that female lead is, she's being eyed for it. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Cool, cool. Uh, speaking of females, <laughs> <laughs> Janet Van Dyne's going to appear in Ant-Man in flashbacks. Uh, that has been confirmed by Feige that the Wasp is be, is going to show uh, a big part, I guess, through yeah. flashbacks. Like, kind of why Hank Pym is no longer doing the hero thing, which brings up the point that there have been heroes since before... Uh, the Avengers. Since before the Avengers and, At least this and set Iron of Man. Avengers. Yeah, before Iron Man. So... Obviously, since we, these, we're probably looking at, like, 70s here. Yeah, yeah. Um, another thing to th- to think about, though, is that at the end of Iron Man, uh, Nick Fury said, "You've, you've, uh, you've, bleh. you're a part of a bigger. You're now universe. part of a bigger universe. You just, you just don't, don't know, know it yet. yet." So, like, things have already been happening without Iron Man. True. True. Prequel. Well, I mean, we prequel know that territory had already been happening without Iron Man. Um, and I think that's part of what... But what is S.H.I.E.L.D. if it's not already defending against threats like this? I mean, we have Captain America in the 40s, so we already had, like, a super soldier. Yeah? Type situation. So, yeah, I definitely think that they're... Uh, well, obviously, we know now. That it's it's convenient, though, that the, the one hero they are going to announce... The two heroes they are going to announce had, did exist in the 70s or whatever time period they decided to put them in. Uh, were very tiny, so it's easy to (laughs) understand. easy to overlook them. Yeah, it's like, why haven't these been talked about in previous movies? Oh, right, that makes total sense. Because they're (laughs) incredibly small. (laughs) 
Actually, that's the key component of those two characters, is they're incredibly small. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Peyton Reed has actually said that uh, he would he would be up for doing a, a Hank Pym prequel movie. Oh, really? Yeah. He, uh, he loves the characters so much. That might actually have some depth for the character. That's awesome. Look out. Well, that's the first time, time I've been excited about Peyton Reed. Right? <laughs> I don't know. I don't even know. Like, cause, not that I love prequels, but I just love... I really want to know what's happened in all this time in the Marvel Universe. There's such, yeah. a, there's such a deep continuity, and I want to know more. <laughs> I need it. <laughs> Speaking of Peyton Reed, he, uh, he, is, uh, he was saying in an interview that he was jealous of Paul Rudd's stint in Civil War. Since Paul Rudd showed oh, right, up on right, right. set and everything, uh, he's been working really closely with the Russo brothers to get the character right. Like, no, he wouldn't say this; he would say this, or he would do that instead. Peyton and, Reed has been, yeah. So Peyton Reed, <laughs> Peyton Reed's got this like uh, kind of a jealous boyfriend attitude. Yeah. Like, no, it's my character. You guys can't. No, it's okay. Well, maybe just a little bit, but no, it's mine. I have to have control of it. It's got to be me. Did I tell you about... But not like in a super controlling method, or a super controlling way, just kind of like a, that's my character, why are you taking it? Did I tell you about a few months ago when I met John Popper? Who? Uh, the lead singer of Blues Traveler. Really? Yeah, I didn't tell you about this? No, you didn't. It was the craziest thing. I was on stage playing Hook by Blues Traveler, and I turned around... And John Popper was there. <laughs> huh. Just like, you know, at the bar that I was playing at. And uh, and I walked up to him afterwards, took a couple shots with him, hung out with him, talked to him. He was awesome. Uh, but it was, like, super weird because I was playing his song yeah. when he walked <laughs> okay. in. So I felt like I was, like, kissing his girlfriend or something. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know about this. I don't know if I can... Uh, I was, like, about to go into the, like rappy hook the best part of that song yeah and uh and he was just like standing behind me it was super fun <laughs> it was super crazy <laughs> that's funny that's funny i was wondering where you're going with relevance yeah on that, yeah sorry on that story it did seem like a leap but <laughs> it, I, I promise and then it you brought to... it home and i was like oh okay that's that yeah that's a good story <laughs> tell more of those <laughs> <laughs> tell more of those <clears throat> unlike all these others you tell <laughs> Um, you know, you know. Oh, I, I do, I do. I'm an awful <laughs> human being. Um, okay. Please do <laughs> Wow. <laughs> All right. So, what else we got? Uh, James Gunn has seen Ant Man. Obviously, there was the big red carpet screening. Mm-hmm. He calls it a complete blast. Cool. So you know that guy that we look up to so much. Yeah, he likes it. Uh, well, he said it's a complete blast, which means it's really fun. Which I have no doubt. That it's really fun. I'm, I'm still, I'm still like reserving judgment, of course, till I see it on Thursday. Loser. I'm so excited to see it, though. I'm actually a little excited that my hopes aren't that high because the last couple, my hopes were really, really high. Have you seen? Um, have I you guess seen just, the, just the last one? The clips that have been put out. No, before? I'm very. I'm kind of gone radio silent on all the clips, and I haven't even when trailers come on, I try to turn away. Oh man. The clips are so good. There's the bathtub scene, and then <laughs> there's the heist the scene. Stop telling me the things. And then there's the fight scene. Quit it. And the training scene, and another training scene, 
and like a superhero training. Oh man, it's exciting. That sounds exciting. I guess we'll just wait until Thursday then yeah. for you, yeah. loser. Um, I just don't, I don't want to spoil myself anymore. I already keep up with all this news, so I already know like who's surviving and who. You know, like <laughs> I feel like I know too much already. Yeah. Um, going into all these movies, but... I can't just be a fan. <laughs> can't be a fan anymore. <laughs> I mean, if you want to, I can just gather up a bunch of news stories. You can like hit record and like walk out of the room, <laughs> and I can just do like a news bulletin announcer guy. Yeah, we, they could, they Marvel Studios president Kevin Feige has been dropping truth bombs left and right while on press tour for Ant Man. Yep, you have to use the old timey news. Opening voice. up about everything from Doctor Strange's base of operations to the tone of the upcoming new Spider Man film. In his apparent quest to spill a few beans about every film on Marvel slate. Feige talked to Birth Movies Death about Black Panther, specifically T'Challa's role in Captain America Civil War. <laughs> All right. That's and a lot you, of fun, actually. You, yeah, that, that, that was good. That was good. And since you read that article directly from the article, where are you reading that from? That's Comic Book Resources. Comic Book That's where we get a lot of our news. So you guys a bunch of money. Check them yeah. out. <laughs> so. In case you weren't actually listening to the meat of what I was saying, yeah, just hearing Kevin Feige has explained Black Panther's role. Old voice. <laughs> I was just being bombarded by words. I don't even know what they were. <laughs> so they're they're introducing Black Panther, or well, T'Challa, yeah, from the Nation of Wakanda. Um, he said that the reason we introduced him in Civil War is because we needed a third party. We needed Fresh Eyes, who wasn't embedded with the Avengers and who has a very different point of view than either Tony or Steve. We said, we need somebody like Black Panther. Well, why don't we just use Black Panther? Mm-hmm. That's how it went in the development process. That's awesome. I like that because it just sounds organic. Um, you know, it doesn't sound like we need to introduce this character so this other movie can be successful. <laughs> Let's force Black Panther right now. Yeah. It sounds like they... Uh, needed a character for that particular plot, and they chose a character that worked. Uh, Feige went on to say, Today, pre-Civil War, post-Ultron, I think he and his father, T'Chaka, are saying, A bunch of vibranium just got out of here and wreaked a lot of havoc. Maybe we can't stay behind these borders anymore. Maybe we have to stick our heads out and make at least an attempt to be a part of the rest of the world right now, while at the same time protecting our people. That's sort of where we meet him in Civil War. Mm. Um Apparently, T'Challa is not going to be fully in the Black Panther role yet. He's going to be still in the process of taking on the role from his father because it's the Black Panther role is just the leader of Wakanda. Okay. And they're imbued with the, the powers of the Panther, and they've got the costume and whatnot. So his dad's getting older and getting ready to pass on the mantle, but hasn't quite done that yet. So part of the press tour uh, that Kevin Feige has been doing... Uh, or well, in the in part of that press tour, he uh, he had a general press interview, <clears throat> and he gave kind of a rundown on when films in Marvel Slate will be filming, kind of okay. the the upcoming filming schedule. So he said, "We literally just crossed the halfway mark of Captain America: Civil War last week. It's day forty two or forty three of eighty. Uh, we started filming Doctor St- or we start filming Doctor Strange in London in November." We start shooting Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 in February or March of 2016. We start filming Thor, Ragnarok, and Spider-Man around the same time, around June of next year. That is a busy, busy studio. 
yeah, like that, all of that is happening while Civil War comes up on May 6th of next year. Doctor Strange comes up November 4th of next year. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 is coming up May 5th of 2017. Thor Ragnarok on November 3rd of 2017. Spider-Man on July 28th, 2017. That's a bunch going on. Plus all of the Defenders Netflix series. Plus the uh, two or three, <clears throat> depending on what they want to do, two or three uh, Marvel TV shows on ABC. Like, oh my god, there's so much happening. Wow. Um, yeah, it makes me tired to talk about all this stuff every week. Okay. So I can't imagine what guys like Kevin Feige are going through. <laughs> he like, doesn't sleep. The amount of work we need to put into the podcast makes me tired. What about if, if we weren't just talking about this, but making it? <laughs> well, life would be hard, man. Yeah, all that money. It's so hard. It's rough. Money is so hard. It's real rough, bro. <laughs> So that's really it for the news I have for the week. Um, right. It took a long time. It did take a long time. But, uh, you know, we don't have that much to talk about with Ant-Man. But uh, we, we don't even really know it did do a spoiler, uh, I don't think, this week. Because uh, we're not really going to get de- deep into the uh, minutia of Ant-Man. We're just going to talk about this book we, me and uh, Jeff, both read Essential Ant-Man. Released in 2002. Uh, released in 2002. It's a uh, pretty much a, a comic retrospective of Hank Pym as Ant-Man. Yeah, kind of a mostly <clears throat> mostly Ant-Man moving into Giant Man later in the book. But yes, you know that's, it's, it's weird that it says essential Ant-Man and then like six comic books in he's Giant Man. No, it's not that many. No, it's like it's more. Than it's that. like twenty or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's about halfway. It's about through. halfway through the book. Yeah. So you know, it, what did you, what did you what did you think? I hate to say that it's boring, but comics from the '60s are boring. It was boring. It was just it was boring, and I think it was made for kids. Well, yeah, it was made for kids from a different era. Like the the language used was really kind of goofy because yeah. we're not used to that. The villains were super goofy. The villains were really silly, <laughs> and like the entire time. It's it's just a person, and then eventually two people, shrinking in size and talking to ants. Yep. <laughs> and then that's it. Yeah. <laughs> and then that, and the, the, it's the, really the, the ants are the hero here. Yeah, there really wasn't a lot of um, character complexity. There really wasn't. Because, like, in episode... Or in episode, wow. In issue number 44, when Janet Van Dyne shows up... She is this, like, just kind of a, a scientist's daughter that doesn't really care about much of anything. And then her father dies. And then she's like, I'm going to avenge everything. I'm going to be a hero. And Hank Pym's like, well, I happen to have this other suit that I literally just made. <laughs> like, he had already made the suit and was just like, I'm going to find somebody to be a hero with me. Because I need somebody else to be a hero with me, and it's like I need a sidekick, so I'm going to go ahead and make a suit just in case somebody comes along that wants to be a hero. Yeah. I'll find out, and then they'll be a hero with me. <laughs> so I guess, every, every, I mean, everything's really poorly 
It's it's just a it's just a it's just comics a 60s from the comic 60s, books. Yeah. yeah, it's it's nothing's really wrong with this book. It's just and, and we're not really here to even review the book. Um, it's just about we're trying to get a sense of the character, but it's hard to do that because it doesn't feel like there's much of a character there. It feels very much like yeah. here's his powers. Here, Ant Man can do the thing, and he's gonna you know he's gonna shrink. He's gonna call ants to help. He's and a he's scientist. Gonna, he's um, good at everything. Uh, so so, but but I guess let's go over uh, what we have. Ant Man, in the first book, it was a, an astonishing tale, and it was literally just like a. Uh, it was a one-off. It was supposed to be a one-shot, but. Yeah. Uh, and he even says it's funny at the end of the first comic book. It says he never used his formula again. Yeah, he locked it away. And then the next book, what? Well, no, it says he never used it again. And he said it locks, locked it away, never to be seen again, or something like that. Yeah. And then in the next book, it's like, he decided to take his formula back out of the case because <laughs> that was a successful comic book, and we want to make more of them. It was um, eight months later when that happened. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because that one sold so well, they decided, you know what, let's get back to that. And actually, let's make him a superhero. Yeah. And... You know, eight months later, they bring him back as a superhero. He's got, instead, they've, he's, he had uh, a liquid serum at first that mm-hmm. he was pouring on things to shrink and grow them. And, you know, he went through the whole, like, I'm in an anthill thing. Oh, my God, save me. Get out of the anthill. Go back to the thing. Get serum back. Oh, I'm back to normal size. And those ants yeah. are... The the first Ants. book is basically just like he gets. It's basically Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Yeah, he gets shrunk much shorter, though. and then he can't figure out how to get back to his serum so that he can get tall again. Um, but the his basic powers are he can shrink and grow back to normal size. Yeah, and when he shrinks, he retains his normal human strength. Yeah, that is the Ant Man suit. That is what, or the serum at the beginning, and then I guess later it's. Yeah. Uh, Later, he makes it into a gas form yeah. that he inhales, and it has the same effect, and it shrinks him. And he's he made he creates a cybernetic suit because apparently, since in those eight months since the, since we first saw him, he has been studying ants and figures out how they communicate through electromagnetic waves that get picked up by their antenna somehow. I don't know if they know the science, but anyway, it's it's comic book science. So electromagnetic exactly. waves picked up by their antenna, and he's like, I can if I can get on the same wavelength as them, the cybernetic helmet will allow me to give them commands. Yeah. So he does that mm-hmm. in eight months. Yeah. So he. <laughs> so basically, that's a man's powers in in the first half. Of this book is that he is a. Uh, shrinking and growing man with a cybernetic helmet with a cybernetic helmet that can talk to ants yep and they become his friends and they're fiercely loyal to him one of the uh... that's so silly right <laughs> and I mean I, I one don't... of the villains Egghead who has a recurring role has been yep. in at least two of those comics uh, he got the same wavelength as the ants and was just like I will help you to defeat him, and he will no longer be your master, and you can do your own thing and be free from his tyranny. Uh-huh. And apparently the answer is just like, nah, he's our friend. We're just going to go tell him what you said and ruin your entire plan. That's so funny. Uh, <laughs> it, it, the, the villains in this are like... Goofy. Goofy and real paper thin. Yeah. Um, there's the the magician... <laughs> 
the poor who it just appears to be a magician. He's just a magician. <laughs> yeah, looks like a magician. Uh, the porcupine. Yeah, looks like a big human humanoid porcupine. But it's a suit. Yeah, with a bunch of tubes and different. Each tube is a gun that launches a different kind of thing, like liquid cement. Yeah, that's crazy. Or or like gas pellets so to put like people a, to sleep. It's like a Batman utility belt of a suit. <laughs> it's worse than that, yeah. Yeah. It's That's... like a comic book Batman utility belt where like each yeah. pocket is 14 things. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <sighs> so there's that guy. There's just, just a lot of silly villains. There's uh, one guy that... The human top who just spins a lot. <laughs> he just spins a lot. He has the ability to spin. Yep. And there's... um. There's the eraser. Yep, the eraser. In the first in the first issue that he is Giant Man. Yes. Issue number 49, which the Giant Man thing makes no sense to me. Did you read that one? I did. I, yeah. I did. I, I I read I read a lot of it. Um I, the Giant Man thing doesn't really make a lot of sense because the whole thing is he can get taller. So he he basically reverses his serum to get taller or he uses the growth one first. Yes. Because you think about it. They just reverse the system. It, yeah. <laughs> uh, so he reverses his system to be able to get taller. Uh, but when he does that, he Apparently. also retains his own strength, as far as I can tell. Because he, he he retains his strength when he gets smaller. So I'm I'm based on that logic, that comic book logic, he would also retain his strength when he gets bigger. And not be able to support himself. And yeah, <laughs> he says in the book, after 12 feet... He can no longer stand. And he arbitrarily just determines 12 feet is as big as I can get. Well, I mean, he did he did get taller. Like, he got really big and, like, broke he the got, house. Like, yeah, he got, like, 50 feet tall. Yeah, he broke the house and, and was like, I couldn't support my own weight. And he couldn't stand. He was, <laughs> so That's what he was saying. Like, I can't support my own weight. So I think 12 feet is the biggest that I can get. And I'm like, where did you come up with that? Yeah. Did you just <sighs> do the calculation really quick? But the thing is, if you're getting bigger and not getting stronger, is it really useful <laughs> at all? At all. Like, he can reach things. Like, that's what <laughs> Giant Man can do. Mr. Fantastic can do that. Yeah, and much, much cooler. <laughs> um, he really just, I, I thought that the, because his strength thing, and there's all these, like, in the future, they just never... Never point that out that he's that weak, but he would be like that makes sense, and that's why he couldn't support his weight out for twelve feet because. But then, he's just tall. But then he's later, just freakishly tall. But then later in that comic, in that same issue, he picks up a guy exactly. and puts him in his belt and no, no, is no. swinging from rafters. He, he at one point grabs three men. Oh yeah, and grabs them. All at the same All time. All at the same time and, like, jumps and... And, like, puts him in a mine car. And it's just like, you guys have fun and sends it down the road. But if he... Uh, it didn't make any sense. Continuity so, is an issue. It's an issue. It's in every issue. Ah. <laughs> um, anyway, so Ant-Man can shrink. He can also grow when he becomes Giant-Man. Uh, he has a sidekick named Wasp. Who shows up in episode... Or, wow. Again... Issue number forty-four <laughs> of Tales to Astonish. And what did, what did you think of their relationship? It's kind of 
really she annoys the shit out of me really <laughs> i didn't think that i thought she was kind of funny and cute she's funny and cute yes but the he's thing a that, dick he is he is a bit of a dick the thing that annoys <laughs> the shit out of me about her though is that she's constantly just like you're my boyfriend I know you've never said that you are, but you're my boyfriend. Yeah, no, no, no. It's definitely, like, the whole thing is relying on this trope of, like, her being a desperate... Yeah, like, des- really desperate, desperate to get hit. married, kind yeah. of. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that was the 60s, though. Sure. So, like, that's kind of what they were it's taught. Weirdly, it's weirdly empowering. Uh, the, there's a large section of this book that is, each comic book is split into two. And yeah. there's actually a Tales from the Wasp section. Yeah. And they yeah. actually give, like, a separate tale from the wasp's perspective like completely and so in a weird way it's like empowering uh that it's a female superhero uh but the entire predicated the entire the relationship is predicated on the fact that like she only wants to marry him and he treats her awful (laughs) just awful (laughs) he treats her he like he honestly he constantly calls her like you dumb girl or yeah. you empty-headed ninny, or whatever the the language that, is at the time. And he also just, like, she'll come in saying, are you my boyfriend? Do you love me? And he'll be like, no. He'll be like, <laughs> put on this suit. I made you a new gun. <laughs> he's like, I feel like he's kind of manipulating her. Well, into, he needs He, he needs, needs a somebody. sidekick. He and needs he's a like, sidekick. He's, like, stringing her along and being a... <laughs> but, but not that well. He's, like, treating her... He's just acting like a dick. You know what also kind of bugs me? What's that? <laughs> bugs. Uh, kind of bugs me about her in the comic is that she's supposed to, or she acts like a dainty female. Yeah. But like, there's a there's one uh, there's one issue where she's picking up a um she picks up a plastic bag like a Ziploc bag. And is bringing it empty over to Ant-Man. And it looks like she's struggling. Like, it was drawn to show that, like, she's having to really work at picking up this bag. Yeah. If they retain their normal strength and she's, like, flying with the bag, this shouldn't be an issue. A bag like that shouldn't be an issue. (laughs) No, it should not. It should not be a problem. But (sighs) apparently... There, the, the inconsistencies in it just kind of irritate me. Yeah, it's not very good. It's not very good. And it's, yeah. from, it's just a comic book from the 60s. And I feel like they're all that way. They're all characters we love and have grown to love. But I don't love this character yet. So, like, watching it, I'm like, or reading it, I'm just like, yeah. all right, this is just a weird story that I don't uh, really the, care about. The Hank Pym pathos comes in so much better in, I hate to, to harp on it again, but the, the, the animated series... Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes yeah. has Hank Pym in such a better character- characterization. Okay. It's just, he's so we much We could better. have just watched a couple episodes of that. We, and it would have been it. so much easier. We might have done that. We might have should have done that. Yeah. Um, it's on Netflix. <laughs> it'd be so funny if, like, we just stop going to the actual source material and just talk about Earth's Mightiest Things Heroes. Things that are, like, based on it. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, it's still TV. It's for um, kids. But, uh, anyway. It's whatever. Well, uh, anything else you have to say about Hank Pym? About Hank Pym? And our exploration of him this week. Nah, I mean, there was one episode where he beat his wife. Yeah, uh, I, that was not in this book, but uh, <laughs> there apparently is a is one where he beats his wife. And the writer of that comic book has gone on to say, like, 
that wasn't how it was supposed to have been done. It was supposed to be like he throws his hands up in frustration and accidentally hits her. And the artist at the time was like, I'm going to make this as crazy as I can. Everything is big motion. So he just like rears back and slaps the ever loving shit out of her. That's and so crazy. Apparently that's just that's spawned this whole thing of like Hank Pym's a wife beater. Yeah, well it sounds like he was. <laughs> I mean he's he doesn't treat her very well already. Yeah. He really is uh he's kind of not dick. nice not nice to her. Which I can totally see Michael Douglas pulling off like this regretful man. Yeah. I'm excited about the movie. I'm uh, excited about Michael Douglas playing this character because he's got so much that he can do already like as far as characterization and even if there's not a whole lot to base it on in this comic i mean there have been so many other hank pym comics sure so like he's got some he's got some work or he's got some material to pull from for depth absolutely and this one may not have been the best comic (laughs) for it well, um, but we get an introduction to the to the powers. We get an introduction. Yeah, to we get. It's so nice to know. Scientist. It's nice to know the the history and like look at the source material and see where this all came from because yeah. it came from a weird little like ten, four page story about. Yeah, that first book was real short, and it's just a tales to astonish little short. Yeah. Um and I, it's neat that it spawned such a a big part of the Marvel Universe with him being a founding Avenger. Uh, and I'm wondering how they'll deal with all of that in the movie, uh, which we didn't... This comic book also didn't include any of that. Um, yeah, and it's crazy. Like, Janet shows up in, episode, or in issue 44, and, like, the next month, they're in Avengers number one. Yeah. And... I guess Ant-Man must have already yeah. been a fairly popular comic book. It had been around for a little bit. And so they probably needed a female person to put into the <laughs> Avengers, and so they created the Wasp. Um, she was, I think she was also the first female superhero, if I'm oh, not wow. mistaken. Before Wonder Woman? Well, first Marvel. Okay. I'm not, I'm not 100% on that, but I think she might be. I mean, she was an early one, for she sure. She was very early. For sure. Cool. Don't quote me on that. Nobody quote me on that. Correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> so many tweets. So many tweets. Yeah, we're just going to get all the hate mail. Um, I, we're gonna, I, I really think that we're going to see a lot more Hank Pym in the next comic books. that we're, or we're, Rather, we're going to get a lot more depth out of Hank Pym in the next set that we're doing. Because next episode, we're talking about Scott Lang's origin. That's right. In the, uh, in the book that just came out. Um, Marvel Ant-Man Scott Lang. It's on the uh, it's on it's on our it's Amazon on our store store right. So yep. if you if you want to if you want to buy that, you can go to mcucast.com and click on the Amazon banner on the left hand side, and you can buy that uh, Scott Lang Ant-Man comic book. And it's just a uh, it's sim- essentially the same thing, except it's a lot shorter. It's in color. It's it's uh, it looks a lot more fun. It, so we're it collects eleven comics and the material from like three more. Yeah, so it's it's not so daunting as the um, Hank Pym was, and it's and it's from the eighties instead of the sixties. So yeah, we'll the character a... was first uh, first introduced in nineteen seventy nine. So gotcha. it's a lot closer to now. Plus, there are more writers at the time. Yeah, instead of comics were starting to be taken more seriously in the eighties, and yeah. people were starting to do more interesting things with them. Yeah, uh, a little yeah. more, a little more character driven and store uh, instead of just like. 
look what this power is. Look, and he's I mean, going to stop a villain of the week. <laughs> yeah. Look, it's a porcupine. <laughs> Better shoot him with Ant-Man rays. <laughs> I mean, there was a guy Sick in that book. Sick on him. There was a guy in that book that had a ray to make people older and could reverse it to make them younger again. But it was, he was that villain because he was a scientist at a company that said, we have a new rule in place. We can't keep anyone around past age 65. So he got fired and wanted to keep the affection of his grandson who was coming to visit him and was mad because he got fired for being old. So he's like, I'm going to make everybody old. That'll show them. (laughs) And that's what Ant-Man has to fight against. Yeah, it's a, it's not great, but you know it's the origins. It's where all this comes from, so we can't we can't hate on it. Yeah, but it wasn't uh, super fun to read from our modern perspective. True. Um, so I'm a little excited to get to the next one because we've got a too. character that it's the first MCU character that uh, the hero is coming from a uh, like a petty crime past. That's true. That's true. Because, I mean, we've got, like, if we're talking about people that came from Bad Pass, we've got, like, Black Widow, who used to be, like, a Russian assassin. But that's still, like, she's still an assassin, kind of. Yeah. So, this guy was a, was a, a thief, has a rap sheet, and there was, um, there was a viral video put out. Uh, Leslie Bibb is actually back as um, Christine Everhart. They were there was a viral video put out of uh, Christine Everhart on a news story or a news station WHIH the one that um, was in Daredevil. Okay, she's gonna be or she's saying like we're reporting on a story from three years ago where this guy Scott Lang took millions of dollars or like four million dollars from this company that he worked for and gave it back to the people. Wow. So, like, he so was... more of a Robin Hood? He was a Robin Hood. Okay. But is also a thief. Interesting. And now they're calling him a cyber criminal. So, like... There's a lot more depth as far as where that character's coming from. Instead okay. of it just being like, I'm a hero. Yeah, I'm a hero. I shrink. I because, do things. Because I'm a hero. Yeah. So, that that's cool. I do, I do, I definitely like, um... I like where they're going with that. Yeah. I think the the thing about Marvel heroes in general, they generally have a interesting dark side to them. Yeah, yeah. Um, generally, it's, it's actually kind of interesting when you think about the fact that that is normally true of Marvel villains. But the three that they focused on so far, with the exception of the Hulk, have been the more like I'm a hero. I mean, you've got you've got Tony's alcoholism and his self centered nature. Yeah. But he's still just kind of like, I'm a badass hero. You Whatever. all want to be me. In a way, he's like the <laughs> most like that because he yeah. literally would say that. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I can see that. Uh, but Thor and um, Thor and Cap are both very just like kind of Boy Scoutish too. Um, yeah. Hulk. And even yeah. Banner is. Banner just has the Hulk to deal with. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so the he's less controlled. The other guy, as he says, the other guy spit it out. <clears throat> I ate my bu- 
ate a bullet. The other guy spit it out. It's such a great line. Put so a good. In my mouth. Yeah. So yeah, I think that's it for us yeah. today. I think we're done. So feel good about everything. You excited about Ant Man? Yeah, very excited. Yeah, me too. I mean, I still like Hank Pym and everything. It's just this comic book was a little more boring and droll. Yeah, it's his origins. It's, it's the 60s comic. It's the 60s comic. So, uh, those of you who love 60s comics, sorry we have insulted them for an hour. <laughs> uh, uh, we've basically just been like, oh, it's fine. I mean, you know, it wasn't good, but it's because it was a 60s comic. <laughs> People were going to get letters. Um, <laughs> we're... we're, we're uh, and, and they'll actually be letters because yeah, these people like 60s comics. Because they comics. like 60s comics and they want to write in. Oh, gosh. Now we're calling them out of touch. Man, we're assholes. Um, you know, if they're that out of touch, they probably wouldn't be listening. I don't know, man. We're not on the radio. <laughs> Good point. We're on the internet. Good point. We are the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast in partnership with 45 Magazine and a proud member of the Helicarrier Network. If you would like to hear more about our podcast or see previous episodes, go to mcucast.com. If you want to find us on social media, we're at facebook.com slash mcucast, at mcucast on Twitter. Uh, you can email us at mcucast at gmail.com, or you can hop on iTunes, find us there, Stitcher, anywhere you aggregate your podcasts, uh, we're probably there. Uh, but if you want to call and leave feedback, uh, we are at 573-CAST-MCU. Um, so check us out. Uh, give us a call. Leave some feedback. Tell us what you think of Hank Pym. Yeah. Tell us if, tell us if we're totally wrong. We'll We'll, we'll play it. <laughs> We'll um, play your berating message. Yeah, we totally will. Go ahead. Um, 573 cast MCU, and uh, I guess uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can go to mcucast.com and click on our Amazon banner. We put a bunch of items in there that you can purchase that are Marvel-related. Just get yourself a Marvel item, and we get a small percentage, and it uh, supports our show. So. Yeah, and all of the uh, all of the Blu-ray releases and DVD releases and whatnot are going to be on there. All of the mm-hmm. comic books that we're going to be covering... Uh, for when we do the comic book club to kind of acquaint everybody with stories and characters, all of those are going to be on there for you to easily find and, and grab. Yeah, as well as all the MCU content that you like. Uh, you can get DVDs through there and stuff like that when they come out, and all of that will uh, all, all the support toys the show. that I talk about. Yeah, so. There's so many. That's a great way to support us. Uh, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back this week three more times uh, with. <laughs> Uh, on probably Tuesday night, you'll you'll we'll drop the Scott Lang uh, cast where we're going to talk do the similar character spotlight on Scott Lang. It'll be a lot shorter because there shouldn't be much news between the next three days. Uh, <laughs> but who knows? Who knows? Um, and if uh, and then Thursday night is um, Ant Man. So everybody go catch Ant Man in the theaters on Thursday night. Um, we will be casting about it on Friday morning. So. Um, just a really short one. Yeah, short, short, short. Uh, kind of just quick spoiler review. First impressions. Cast, first impressions of Ant Man. We'll probably and then, go and watch it again before we do a big one. Yeah, you know, like we do. Probably so. Probably so. Uh, so you guys uh, hang out with us this week. We're excited to talk to y'all more. Um, have a great week. I'm Matt Carroll. I am Jeff Randall. We're the Marvel Cinematic Universe I podcast. Was <laughs> 
and uh, we'll talk to y'all soon.